It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch yet to Mahomes, does he? Dave Roberts. Backward strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Welcome to Sports Snakes here on Ecstatic Radio. This is episode 29 already. And uh, and that's just talking about, you know, how we have to start all over again. So yep. We probably have, like, I don't even know where we ha- our archives are. But, <laughs> you know, is, well, it, for now, this is the 29th episode. We're recording on the August 30th, 2021. And so uh, I am I'm Henry. And I'm Mr. Hodge. And uh, unfortunately, we won't have Uncle Phil here again. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back next week. Uh, but uh, I'm sure he he wants to hear about uh, us talk about some UFC. So we'll get there in a bit. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, how's your week been, Hodge? Um, just chill. Nothing crazy happened. I'm getting ready for. Um, I'm enjoying fight nights um, from UFC, and um, I'm getting ready for two of my fantasy football leagues. So ready to get that going and take the crown for both leagues. So. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, all right. For myself, I, I went to a, a concert on on uh, Thursday. Foo Fighters. Nice. They were at the Legendary Forum, mm. and I was uh, I this time I got uh, floor tickets, mm-hmm. and just to be in the floor. I mean, obviously, you know, whatever it was, you know, like that. You think about uh, '80s, '90s Lakers or early '90s Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that that's pretty cool. Where they where they did all that with Magic and. So that, that was pretty cool to be in that that yeah. floor, you know, right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's one of my personal favorite Laker teams. Like those Magic Jockey teams were so fun to watch. Like obviously we weren't born during that time, but looking yeah. at those highlights, those were the funnest. That was that was probably the most entertaining Lakers team I've ever witnessed. I mean, not witnessed, yeah. but I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, so, yeah. I, I remember I went to um the Rams um, when they first came back to LA. I went to their little like welcome home celebration at the forum. Like for some reason when I walked in, I just got chills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, well, that's the first time I actually saw uh, SoFi, like, you know, in person right there. Well, I, I didn't go inside SoFi, but you know, yeah. it's literally right next to the forum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see it and there's like, man, even from the outside, I, I, I just saw it from like an angle. I didn't even go all, looked at it all around. And it was like, oh man, there it is. Yeah. There's Ram Stadium. Yep, yep. Forget that Charger Stadium. I'm sorry, Charger fans, but uh, that's Rams. <laughs> Charger who? Uh, how much they over for rent this month coming up? Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh! Uh, you know we should probably go to the birthdays before we okay. get more in trouble with these. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, on this day, we celebrate more of the Virgos. Um, we say happy birthday too. Ted Williams. Mm, Great Ted Williams. Yep. Uh, Adam Wainwright. Okay. Cliff Lee. Uh, um, Marlon Bird. Uh, Chris Getz. Uh, What what does Chris Getz? Never mind. I'm not going (laughs) to. I don't know what he gets. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad dad joke. Um, (laughs) Dwayne Brown. Uh, Joe Staley. Sean Alexander, that man used to give me nightmares. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Bacon, uh, Mikel Bridges, uh, Robert Parrish, and Jim Miller. All right. Happy birthday to all those fellas. And uh, Jim Miller is, uh, of course, you know, our UFC veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, he currently holds the record of most wins in the UFC lightweight division. Okay. So uh, there's that. And uh, with that being said, we'll be talking about some UFC just right in a bit. All right. Welcome back to Sports Next here. And of course, last Saturday, August 28th, we had a UFC fight night at the UFC Apex, as usual, on ESPN. It was headlined by uh, Edson Barbosa, the veteran against Giga Chikatse, two mm-hmm. uh, big time, uh, you know, kickers, you know, kickboxers and everything. Those guys can those kicks from both of those guys can just take your literally take your breath away. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, um, fortunately, I didn't get to see 
the last three fights of this main card. But uh, although I wanted to, I'll probably watch it, you know, rewind or something like that. But uh, let's talk about the main the main event, of course, the featherweights between Edson Barbosa and Giga Shikatse. In this case, Giga Shikatse defeated Edson Barbosa and TKO fashion in the third round with a minute and 44 seconds. Some quick stats. Uh, Shikatse got earned two knockdowns. He had 70 total strikes and 60 significant strikes. And uh, Giga had two submission attempts, but I'm pretty sure you watched this fight, Hodge. So yes, I did. Talk, to us about, talk to us about this fight. So in my viewpoint, the first round was uh, pretty even. Both of them were filling each other up. They were both looking for the knockout the whole fight. And then the second round came in. Giga started pulling him away a little more. I, um, I feel like um, Barboza was looking for, still trying to figure out what to do and how and uh, where to get go for the kill when Giga just said, oh, I was right there. I'm, I'm just going to go with the first try. If it works <laughs> out, it works out. And so that's pretty much what happened. Like, um, mm. Giga was like the aggressor pretty much. Was the, I, I know that's kind of weird to think that Barboza wouldn't be the uh, aggressor, but both these guys uh, are like knockout uh, kings in their division. So, um, so Giga um, was, was more aggressive and he got the TKO and um, ended up taking it. Still undefeated uh, since signing with the UFC. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's nine. He's nine in the last. Well, he has nine wins uh, in a row. So and three straight knockouts. I mean, he's had knockouts against two veterans already in a row with Cub Swanson his last time up, and then now entered Barbosa. And you can say like he's calling it. He's calling the top five out already. He's like he's as uh, he was at number ten, but I mean he's been trying to get big fights and this time uh, he got one big one with uh Barbosa and he was able to be to win that fight so that's pretty good uh pretty impressive there for him uh yeah. and yeah like I said he's looking for uh the top spots over there yeah yeah so um, we'll, we'll see who's next yeah uh, Uncle Phil was disappointed that Barbosa didn't win but um mm-hmm. hey it happens uh, it happens yep and that also earned uh Giga performance of the night honors so you got a you got a bonus fifty fifty G's. Yeah, I, so that's good. I need, to, I need to start being friends with these people, <laughs> right? Some fifty G's people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what we also had in this card is a couple of fights that were from the uh, contender series, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no, uh, nothing. No, the all. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, the Ultimate Fighter, and we had uh, the co-main event between middleweights between Brian Battle and Gilbert Urbina. In this case, Brian Battle uh, submitted Gilbert Urbina in the second round, two minutes and 15 seconds. Hodge, take it away. What, what was this fight about? Yeah, so I thought uh, Battle was going to lose because he did not look good in the first round and for the vast majority of it. Um, yeah, Gilbert just came in, and he was looking for the kill already because they talked about how his two brothers were in the show. I, I think he said one of them succeeded and the other one didn't. And so he's seen both sides. So he was like motivated to um, mm-hmm. take the win because he didn't want to be that loser. So he came right at Brian Battle and Battle looked like he was going to get knocked out. And um, he he overcame some adversity. Um, a lot. Nobody saw that um, Gilbert knocked um, um, Needham in the mouth. Well, they saw that he needed him in the mouth, but they didn't see that his mouthpiece flew out of the cage because, mm. because uh, his mouthpiece was clear. So Battle mm. just kept fighting without the mouthpiece. And um, the commentators wow. was like, does Herb Dean notice? And they was like, no, he doesn't notice because um, his mouthpiece is, is like super clear. So he fought throughout yeah. the first round without a mouthpiece wow. and he, he held his own. And um, yeah, they ended up giving his mouthpiece back. And um, that second round, um, Brian Battle started pulling away until he got the submission. And so, um, so that it it did it looked scary for Battle, but he pulled it through, and he ended up winning the um, the uh, the second half of the Ultimate Fighter. Wow! All right, congratulations to Brian Battle. And then the other one we had a bantamweights, Ricky Torquillos versus uh, Brady Easton. And in this case, it was a decision won by Ricky Torquillos. Let's look at some quick stats right here. Uh, uh, Ricky got a knockdown. Yeah, 201 total strikes and 100 significant strikes. 
two out of four out of takedowns versus uh, Brady had six out of 11 of his takedowns. But it, apparently it was all Ricky. And uh, do you think that was a good uh, decision right there? Ultimately, yeah, I think it was a good decision. Um, what I forgot. Yeah, that one, that one ended up being a split decision. That's right. Yeah, it um, was. Yep, it's, yeah, it was, that, yeah, this was a um, – yeah, um, Ricky obviously did more with the strikes. But if you take away the strikes, this was an evenly um, – matchup this was a good fight like it literally went back and forth um uh, obviously ricky um handled him um with the strike so so that was that was, i felt like that was the main decider but um brady um executed on all the takedowns that he was able to get but um yeah it, it was somewhat tough to call but i i think if i was one of the judges i i think i would have went with ricky so um yeah that this this in my opinion was the fight of the night so Mm, okay. Yeah. Fortunately, there was no fight of the night honors on this one. Mm. Well, but, I'll, uh, I'll give I'll give it to them then. <laughs> <laughs> you got fifty Gs. You got to give them each. Uh, um, <laughs> I I got I got a big hug for them. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I, I don't know that they'll want that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, they've been through a lot. They're fighters, you know. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> and then also in this car, we had a welterweight. This uh, watch part of it. Uh, Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez. In this case, uh, Daniel Rodriguez defeated Kevin Lee in the decision. Uh, some quick stats, 137 strikes to 74, 120 significant uh, to 56. Kevin Lee had three out of seven takedowns versus Daniel Rodriguez zero. And, uh, I mean, like I said, I watched the beginning of it. And from the beginning, I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, it was just a nice little back and forth at the beginning. And then, uh, I guess, at the end, uh, Daniel Rodriguez was able to take this. Uh, and he won uh, in unanimous fashion. Yeah, Um yeah, Rodriguez uh, started pulling away uh, between uh, in the middle of the second round and more so the third round. Um, Lee did uh, have his takedowns, but he he had uh, Rodriguez had some really good strikes to um, knock knock him out of his um, radar. Um, I thought it was um, impressive um, a fight for Kevin Lee for him to move up a weight class, but um, but um, I had a feeling he wasn't going to win at least this particular one. But I don't think it will be long before he wins one in the welterweight division, but Daniel Rodriguez definitely deserved this one. Okay. All right, and then middleweights, uh, I did see this one, uh, TKO, uh, Andrzej Petrowski versus Michael Gilmore. I think this, these two are also uh, part of the uh, uh, ultimate fighter. Yeah, and, I think they're teammates. Yeah, they're teammates, and uh, Petrowski got the win this time. He won it, uh, like I said, TKO, and it was on the third round, three minutes and 12 seconds left. So that was a good victory for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, middleweights. Uh, this is the one I, I found pretty impressive too. Gerald, uh, Gerald uh, Mirshar versus uh, Makhbad Muradov. Uh, Gerard won this one in the second round, a minute. I mean, a, a minute and fifty seconds. But it, but I'm talking about impressive because it looked like he was losing this fight. <laughs> Gerard mm-hmm. looks like he was getting beat, you know. And and somehow he came back uh, in the second round and was able to just out of nowhere submit uh, Makhbad. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I was worried for Gerald. I was like, oh man, I don't know if he's gonna do it, but he pulled through it. He um he he locked in that submission and got that victory. So kudos to yeah. him. Yeah, another one. This is a this was a big one. I mean, I, we posted this this knockdown in our on our page, which by the way, you can follow us on Sports Next Show yep. on Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> middleways between Alicio the. Chirico versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Abdul, man, 17 seconds in. That was a nasty kick. Mm. Totally knocked him out. TKO. Uh, that was just, like I mentioned, that was just a nasty. And mm. that one real quick. And this was supposed to be a big, between two big up-and-coming fighters. Uh, Alicio was coming up, and he was supposed to be part of that you know, Italian revolution there in the UFC. Yeah. And uh, he just got badly knocked out. Oh, man, I, I need to start watching these prelims, especially like the oh yeah, man. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, uh, I was like, yikes. Yeah, but by the way, Gerald and now Abdul also won performance of the night honors. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you everybody already saw this. I mean, you saw this coming from Abdul. I mean, you saw that kick. I was like, oh yeah, he's that's gonna win in performance of the night. Yeah. And the next, the next one, middleweight Sam Alvey versus Wellington Thurman. Uh, this two. Guys that needed a win so bad. Uh, both of these guys needed it. And this time it went to Wellington Terminator decision, a split decision. 
But uh, we all know Sam Alvey, he's known for always smiling, you know, mm-hmm. while he's fighting and everything. He was getting bloodied up. But um, this one when this one could have gone either way also. I mean, Sam Alvey was was upset. I mean, he turned that he turned that uh, uh, that that happy face into like just he turned he got crazy after that because he couldn't believe the judges after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terman was like I mentioned was victorious in that one. Um, I mean, you look at some of these stats. I mean, you have a uh, uh, Sam had 114 to 175, and, and significant strikes. It was uh, Sam to 68 at 69. And takedowns was the Wellington tournament with two out of nine. So it really could have probably gone either way, but this time it went to tournament. And uh, who knows what that's going to do with for Sam Alvey as he's going to, he's been in a tough losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how old he is right now, but do you think it's um it's time to like wrap it up for him? Uh, he's, at least in the UFC. He has 33 wins and he's been, I mean, 33 wins means you've been there for like a long time. So. He's 35, so he's still he's still okay age. I mean, he's not young, but he's still okay, you know. And yeah. He's just hasn't gotten any picked up any wins. So he is he's uh, he's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven fights without a win. Oh wow! Mm. So it's been a while. So it's been a while. <laughs> oh, maybe may, maybe since 2018. Wow. <sighs> maybe it's time yeah. to wrap it up. I don't know. Probably. Probably. Uh, light heavyweights Dustin Jacoby took out Darren Stewart. That was another one, a big TKO right there for uh, Dustin Jacoby in that light heavyweight division. And remember, Darren Stewart is no, no slouch. I mean, he's been around for a while too, and he's been a, he's been a top ten fighter. Well, I think he also moved up. I think this is his second fight in the light heavyweight division. Mm. But um, he, yeah, that, that's a pretty big victory for uh, Jacoby. Okay. Uh, women's flyweight, J.J. Arridge dominated Vanessa Demopoulos. Just, I mean, it was just the 10 7 throughout the card. I mean, there, I mean, she was also the heavy favorite throughout the fight card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the most, the biggest favorite, you know, and uh, she picked up an easy win over Vanessa Demopoulos. But mm-hmm. people are saying that in this case, I mean, she's been winning fights, but it's all, it's always coming to a decision where she hasn't really gotten a knockout. And she, they feel like because this, she was such a favorite on this one that she should have finished this fight. And she didn't. So, yeah, you got the win. It was dominated. But it was domination, but uh, you should have finished her kind of thing. Well, hey, uh, win's a win. You got to get it somehow. Yep, she hasn't had a TKO win since 2016. Yeah, well, hey, it's been a while. Hey, may, may, yeah. maybe, maybe, she ain't, I don't, maybe she just gets in there and be like, oh, I'm too tired of knocking out. I'll just finish. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she yeah, won, she won, so, so that's, I guess that matters. <laughs> Featherweights, uh, Jamal Emers versus Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini submits uh, Jamal Emers a minute and 53 seconds. And uh, Bant Mana Martinez defeated Guido Canetti in a decision. Uh, so that it's it for that card right there. And now let's talk about uh, this week. Uh, we're going to have uh, this Saturday, September 4th, we're going to have another fight card. This time it's headlined by middleweight Derek Bronson versus Darren Till. Derek Bruss is a guy who has been coming up, and he's just beating up all these up-and-coming fighters. Uh, I believe he last defeated uh, Kevin Holland. Uh, mm-hmm. He's defeated uh, Shabazian. Uh, so, uh, and then he's finally like, you know what? You've been bring, giving me all these up-and-coming fighters. You know, try to put a point on me, and I've been knocking them all out. I, I want a real fight. I want a, I want a top-five fighter. Give me a good fighter. And this time he gets Derek Till, who's been a, a top-five contender in the middleweight division for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's going to be a uh, big fight right there. And I can't wait to see that. In this case, I want to go. I would want to go with Devin Till. Okay. Um, Sheesh. This actually is a hard one for me to predict. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's going to go down. Um, (laughs) You know, let's just – I don't even know if I want to do that. You know what? uh, You know what? Let's just do a friendly little competition. I'll pick Derek Bronson. All right. All right. That should be a good one. Even though my guest says Derek Till, I'm just going to be like, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we'll do, have to see. Yeah. I, should I, no, I'm keeping it, even though I think Derek Till may win. I'm Derek Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bronson, let's talk more. <laughs> I believe Derek, Derek, well, you, the one thing I think Derek Till hasn't fought in quite a bit, uh, I think his last fight, well, actually, yeah, he did fight uh, last July, so not this year, but last July, not. July 2020, he lost to Robert Whitaker. So obviously, Robert Whitaker right now the number one contender. Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, he he's been up. He's fought some pretty big fighters, so he's used to that. But he hasn't fought since July of last year, mm. so uh, who knows how that's gonna go for him? Brunson has been fighting, you know, like every every freaking three months. <laughs> Man, and like I said, the way he looked against Kevin Holland, who remember at the time Kevin Holland was an up and comer. Everybody was talking about Kevin Holland being the next top middleweight. Yeah, and he and he took that victory. So. Uh, yeah, he's been pretty impressive. So you might got a good guy right now. Derek Brunson is not it's no slouch either. We also have uh, the big boys at co-main event heavyweights: Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Spivak, the welterweights Alex Morono versus David Zawada, light heavyweights uh, Moresta Bacacas against Khalil Rontree Jr., the lightweights Patty Pimblet versus Luigi. I like that name, Luigi Vendramini. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, like Luigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Some uh, some prelims fights. Uh, the only woman fight: Molly McCann versus Ji Yen Kim. That's with Jack Shore against Liu Ludwig Zolinian. Catch with Julian Rosa versus Charles Jordan. Middleweight: Stoucha Lungiambula versus Mark Andre Barialot. Uh, I'm just really cool. I'm just really winging it with some of these names. Hey, doing good. And <laughs> <laughs> Anthony with Jonathan Martinez against Marcelo Rojo. So it should be another good fight, uh, fight card. Yep, coming up. Can't wait for that one. Yep. And we finally, uh, funny we remember that it was supposed to, we were supposed to see Amanda Nunes versus uh, Juliana Pena in the next mm-hmm. uh, UFC pay per view, and mm-hmm. they got scratched due to uh, uh, Amanda Nunes uh, testing positive for COVID. Yeah. And now we have we finally have a date, uh, and it's gonna be on uh, December, UFC 269. It'll be funny to see Amanda Nunes. Versus Juliana Pena. That's the only fight I believe that has been announced. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess Cody Bar- uh, Garbrandt, uh, flyweight debut against Takaira France. So that's going to be also in that card. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a feeling um it was she's going to fight in December. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. It's going to be by the end of the year, and we got announced. Man, uh, UFC two. The UFC announced the UFC two sixty eight main card. I mean, I was actually pretty hyped. It's going to be in Madison Square Garden, New York City, mm-hmm. November 6th. And it is going to be headlined by the part two of this fight, Kamara Usman versus Kobe Covington for the welterweight championship. And you know, these are these guys are like hardcore rivals. You talk about UFC rivals. I mean, these guys just do not like each other. Yeah. And it's going to be fun to watch this one. I mean, obviously, um, we're all pulling for Usman. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I mean, the way he's been fighting last man. I mean, it looks like he's also been fighting, defending his belt every freaking pay-per-view almost. I know. And, uh, and uh, he looks good. But uh, it is co-headlined by the – also part two of the Women's Strawweight Championship, Rose Nam- Namajunas against Zhang Wei Li. Of course, they fought uh, what, back in the uh, UFC 261 with Rose mm-hmm. winning that the belt from Zhang Wei Li. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, Zhang Wei Li at the time – she was coming up with these excuses, you know, oh, it was the fans, oh, this, that. But um, we'll see now. I mean, you're used to the fans, so you got to do this. Exactly. Uh, we also got lightweights. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Oh, man, that's going to be – that's going to be a good fight too. You know, yep. obviously both, both are former lightweight contenders for the belts. They're not just like, you know, hovering around the top five. They've been challengers for the belts. Yep. You know, Gagey was last time uh, he was fought. He had a he fought Khabib in mm-hmm. losing effort. And of course, Michael Chandler he fought uh, Oliveira for the for the vacated lightweight championship. So yeah, it's gonna be a good one. We also have middleweight Sean Strickland against Luke Rockhold, veteran Luke Rockhold. That's gonna be another good one right there. Yep. And women's bantamweight Jermaine Derandami versus I, my girl Irene Aldana, who looked good last time up, and <laughs> uh, hoping that she could. You know, take this one. <laughs> so, so I already know who you're picking. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. <laughs> She'll beat me up if I don't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Bantamweight. This is another good one. Frankie Edgar against Martin Chito Berra. Oh, man, that's gonna be another one. Uh, it's gonna be, of course, the veteran, the legend of Frankie Edgar. We'll be back up on pay per view mode. Mm-hmm. And we got a finally lightweight Al. La Quinta versus Bobby Green, another veteran, Bobby Green. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a heck of a card. That's going to be, again, November 6th in Madison Square Garden, Man. UFC 268. Man, I 
I saw this. I think I had the same reaction you did. I was, I was like this. I was like, I have to get this card. Like, yeah, yeah, I, like, I don't care. I don't care what I got to do. I'll, I'll, I'll rob somebody's uh, from seventy dollars just to watch this fight. Like, this is like, it's loaded, and you can't ask for a more, especially the two main events. Um, it you can't ask for a better event. So, yeah, yeah. I think I was getting more hyped the moment they announced Arena Donna. I was like, oh, that's when I started clapping, like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, but uh, that's gonna, still going to be the, yeah, it's still going to be a couple months from now. Yeah. And uh, actually, actually a month or month and a half or something like that. I don't know. We're already, we're already getting to September. Oh, yeah. yeah. A couple of months now. Oh, okay, yeah. we got a couple of months. Yeah, okay. we, we still got, um, we still got 266 to go, correct? Yeah. In September? Yep. Yeah, we got September. We still got a, a, a October and then November. So, yeah, we got a couple of pay per views left before that. I mean, th and, this uh, one coming up is going to be good too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Which we'll talk about as soon as we get there. Uh, how many weeks is that away? Um, I already closed out the, <laughs> the the page, but um, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll sure just say, talk about it, but um. But that being said, that'll do it for right now in UFC. We'll be right back, man. We got to talk about some MLB uh, division races, of course. Like we mentioned, we got we're about to have one more month left before the baseball season ends, or at least the regular season. So we'll talk a little bit more about it as we get back. All right, we're back, and of course we have the division races going on in Major League Baseball. Let's begin with the American League. The American League East. The Rays are taking control of that East. Uh, by six games against the Yankees, eight against the Red Sox. So right now it looks like the Yankees and the Red Sox are competing for a wild card spot. But uh, we have the White Sox leading the American League Central. I mean, they're, they're taking this American League Central by 10 games against the Cleveland Indians. Uh, and the rest are not even close. And then we look at the American League West. We have the Astros. They're leading their division by five and a half games against the A's. Seven and a half against the Mariners. Look at some of the wild cards right now. We, uh, the Yankees at 76 to 54. Well, the Red Sox are 50, 75 to 57. So they're, they're the top two right now. Then the, who are competing right now is um, their fourth place are the A's and the Mariners. So uh, that's what's going on right now. So the, another Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. Now let's go to the National League right now. We have the Braves leading by four and a half games against uh, the Phillies. The Mets are now, I mean, they're way down now, uh, seven and a half. They're three and seven in their last ten. In the National League Central, we have the Brewers already taking that division by eight and a half games against the Reds, even though the Brewers are five and five in the last ten. And then the then the National League West, the wild, wild West. We have the Dodgers. We'll have the Giants number one right now. They're six and four in their last ten. And the Dodgers are two and a half in their last – oh, they're two and a half behind. They're seven and three in their last ten. And the Padres. They, mm. Those Padres, man. Poor, in the way, I want to say poor Padres, but I don't know. Fuck them. <laughs> they're 15 and a half games back. I mean, remember, they were just right behind us not so long ago. They're two and eight in their last 10. We Dodgers swept them, swept them last week, and uh, it's just not looking good right now for the Padres. And uh, but we talk about the Dodgers and the Giants. I know I put a lot of focus on this, this robbery more than the Yankees and the Red Sox robbery, but uh, it's obviously well, I don't, I don't want to play too much of a bias in this, but uh. Dodger fan here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, so I watched this more, and it just seems like, man, like, whatever the Giants are doing, I mean, they're it's just everything is going right for them this year. It, it, it's you can't explain it, you know. It's like you look at the team, you like, they don't even have that, like, that big players. I mean, they acquired somebody big in the, in the middle of the season, mm -hmm. but it's like before that, they were still up there, you know, somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the Giants win a game, it thought just win a game. The Giants lose a game, the Giants, the Dodgers lose that day. So it was like Dodgers are having trouble coming up with any games because they lose when the Giants lose. I mean, just this weekend, uh, the Dodgers went one and th one and three, or one for three, and so did the Giants. Mm. So they, you know, it's like we didn't do anything. I mean, we just stay close to them. So it's, it's getting a little bit frustrating. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we still have, like I mentioned, we almost have a month left, and it's just two and a half games back. We, we, the Dodgers will play the Giants this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be a series that, uh, you know, the Dodgers have to have that series big time. Yeah. Because yeah. I believe that's also the last series they'll play against each other this year. Yeah. So, 
and because if the Giants win that, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this this week is going to go from from today and to Wednesday, which is this is going to be. Point is, the big week for both of these teams because the Dodgers are playing the, the Braves, who are leading their uh, National League East, and they're seven and three in their last ten, so they've been really good. And they and they defeated the Giants two out of three last, during the weekend. And the Giants have the Brewers, who are dominating the NL Central, but they are five and five in their last ten. And so uh, it's going to be for both of these. So both the Dodgers and Giants are playing number one teams. And uh, so we'll see how, you know, the stand is going to be at that time. But at the moment, uh, the Dodgers face the Giants starting, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, if it stays at two and a half, you know, the Dodgers could, could take the third number one place by the end of the, the, uh, the week. But if they don't and they lose so many games, then the Giants can have a commander lead in that division. So yeah. this is going to be a big week for both of these for both these teams. Yeah. What if you could take a wild guess of what the Giants have done right this season, be it free agency, via trade? Well, obviously we know about the trade, but via free agency or anything, what do you think it is that has kept them this dominant despite not having a loaded roster this season? Well, the Giants have done and they they've done for quite a bit, um, including in some of their. Uh, uh, Championship run earlier in the earlier in the decade, which again we don't want to talk so much about. But uh, they do so good. They do something about signing, uh, not rejects, but like guys who are supposedly been washed and washed up, and then they sign them, and somehow they recover their careers there. They do something very well there, like because I think a lot of their pitching right now is because of that, you know. And then the, you look at these guys that they were like let go from their ex teams, you know, or they were just like for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're having great years. So uh, that's something that I was like, oh, that's something that they've, they've done for quite a bit. I mean, I remember they did this back in 2010 when they, they first won it, they picked up a whole bunch of, you know, whatever players mm-hmm. and they ended up winning the world series that year. So that's what something they've done. And they have their shortstop. Brendan Crawford has been very underrated this year. He's probably has like, I mean, uh, somehow he has some 30, I, I believe he has 20 something home runs. Mm-hmm. For for a guy who was who we thought his career was gonna be over soon, yeah, and he's he's having to come back here. So that that's something that we have gotta look at. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. They definitely don't have a good manager, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, they, they there was a good addition that they picked up Chris Bryant from the Cubs, mm-hmm. but um, you know, that that's the only thing I could think of right now. Well, well, we'll see what happens. It's, we are officially on the final stretch of um the majors and um of the regular season and hopefully the Dodgers could catch up somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know they Some games that are, Yeah. They, they got the talent. They got all the talent in the world to do it. And then, like I mentioned, like it's going to, this week is going to be a big week, like from today to Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be a big week. And so by the time we do our next show, our 30th show, I'll either be frustrated or I'll be clapping or I'll just be like, okay, well, nothing really happened because we're back, we're back to where we two and a half games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, some games right now going on. Twins defeat the Tigers 3-2, which is not important. The, right now, the Reds oh, – I also forgot to mention a little bit about the National League wild card. So, I, I mentioned how the Padres are falling off. Of course, right now, the Dodgers are owning the first-place wild card. And the second place right now, for a while, it was the Padres, which the Padres looks like uh, – well, they're now behind the Cincinnati Reds. So, the Cincinnati Reds are 71-61, and 61, while the Padres are 69-62. and 62. So it looks like they're back by like a game and a half or two games or something like that. So the Padres are really like in panic mode right now. They should be because they just lost. Their, I mean, they've been, they've been owning that second part of the wild card for a while. And now, like I mentioned, like they're doing to the red hot reds. The, red, the reds have just been unbelievably hot too. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, it's just, I mean, if you ask, if you ask all Dodger fans, like we'd rather play the reds in the wild card game yeah. than the Padres because the Padres, even though we swept them last, last week, they always find a way to play, uh, play us really hard. Mm-hmm. And um, for that one wild card game, that one playoff game, I mean, we'd rather have somebody that we feel like we can handle. But, I mean, like I said, these teams are going to – if you're a playoff team, you're a good team regardless. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to have to play the number one team regardless. You know, you have to be you have to be the best team. So, and sometimes, you know, you can look at the seeding. Yeah, it, it might matter. But either way, you have to play the best teams. Exactly. Yeah. So – but yeah, let me let me go back to the games. But I saw the Reds, as I mentioned, they're losing right now three to one, which is going to be good news for the Padres, all Padre fans. And uh, the Phillies are winning the National six three, so that's bad news for the Mets <laughs> and the Braves. 
And uh, here's a big one. Here's a good one. Red Sox in the Rays. The Rays are leading the Red Sox 3-1. to one. If the Red Sox can find a way to sweep this series, they'll be in a good position. But it looks like right now they're down 3-1, to one, so it's not looking really good for them. Mm-hmm. We have also the Yankees and the Angels later this year. Uh, later this week, I'm sorry. Oh, later today, I'm sorry. Sixty-eight. <laughs> Adrian. Uh, so the Yankees obviously they need a couple of wins. They're gonna go to play. They're gonna they're over here in L.A. or Anaheim, but you know, the corner baseball where the Angels are in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see how that's gonna go. The Yankees again. They they've been really hot lately. So we'll see how they're gonna if they can keep it up here in uh, SoCal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Padres. The Padres are gonna play the D-backs, probably the, one of the worst teams in the National League. So that's good news for them. Um, they can again. They really need a sweep. They get taken advantage right now if uh, the Reds continue to lose to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, uh, Brewers and the Giants. Are, they're going to go at it. The Braves and the Dodgers are going to go at it. I mean, this feels like the playoffs already. Yeah. And yeah, and, and the Astros will play the Mariners, which is another big series too, because the Mariners have been really, really good this year. Unfortunately, they're what second place, but they have. Uh, if they can find a way to sweep the Astros here, or, or two out of three against the Astros, they'll be in a very good position. Again, we still have a month. You can look at six games behind, but, like, we have a month and, and anything can happen in the, in the last one. We've seen it before. Anything can happen. It's just about the right the, the right team, the, the team getting hot at the right time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, speaking about getting hot at the right time or getting cold at the wrong time, you know, it's, it's the Mets. So we talked a little bit, I mentioned a little bit about it, I think even last week. The Mets have just been not good recently. And I think even the fans, their fans are, you know, catching up to them to the point where uh, they're getting booed. They're, they're booing their own team. Mm. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, so, the Mets, uh, the New York Mets just issued an official statement to crap on new, on new Mets players and former beloved Cub Heavy Bias. By the way, a necessary background earlier today, Bias explained why he and some of his teammates were celebrating big offensive. Oh, so, you know, they were getting thumbs down. Well, they were getting booed. They were getting thumbs down, you know, for pretty much – a lot of things to guess, and uh, including their one of the newly acquired, you know, players uh, from the Cubs, Javi Bias. Javier Bias says the thumbs down celebration is in response to the fans booing the team. I play for the fans, and I love the fans, but if they're gonna do that, they're putting more pressure on the team. This is cool. Lindor, Javier Bias, and Kim Pilar were among those Mets players to flash down signs after their hits today. But we don't get success. We're going to get booed. Bias explained afterwards. So they, so they are going, meaning the fans are going to get booed when we get success. Ooh. <laughs> it looks like uh, I don't know. I mean, I, this is New York, by the way. Let's remind people this is New York. Yeah, yeah. Who are very vocal fans? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that. Yeah, we hear more from the Yankee from the Yankee side, but uh, this is still New York. This is still the Mets, and um, so uh, I guess. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, you. Well, we, I mean, I get in the way us, us as fans. Yeah, you know, you want to see your team you know, be successful and you get frustrated when you don't, Yeah. but you know, to have your, your own team, I mean, respond to you that way. Like he just said, you know, like, well, you boo us when we do what we do bad, but we're going to, when we do well, we're going to thumb down you. I mean, we're going to boo you. Cause you, it, it's, it's not, I don't know. It, it, to me, I mean, is that a little bit immature or something or, or what do you think? Hodge? I think so. I mean, um, when you're in the spotlight, and you're and you are the athlete um it's to be expected people love winners and people hate losers so um the fans are going to boo you if you lose if you start losing or if you yeah if you start losing so all this stuff oh we're going to boo you for not being a real fan well that that's part of sports the vast majority of people if you're losing they don't want to be they don't want to be associated with you so that's part of the sport so i don't like I, I don't get the whole I'm gonna boo you back if we win. That it's not stuff. It's not reverse psychology. It's it's like it's like 22 of you guys and like thousands of them. So it's not gonna. Yeah. It's not a, a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the Mets did issue a statement uh, from team president Cindy Alderson saying in the post game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that this quote thumbs down gesture during the game was a message to defense who recently have booed him and other players for poor performances. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players and the organizations are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. 
Bullying is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed, directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express them, themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. So, yeah, even the team president is like, yeah, that's not cool by, you know, talking bad about their, their players. Yeah. Defending, uh, defending them, which, you know, obviously that's what you got to do too. You know, you got to defend your fans because they're the ones giving, making you the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it's obviously everybody's frustrated. Everybody in the Mets is frustrated. That's the main thing. I mean, the fan, like he just said, the players are frustrated, the coaches are frustrated, the, the fans are frustrated. So it's just a bad, it's just a bad situation for the whole franchise, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, this is um, not a good look. And the fact that yeah, that the Mets had to make a statement regarding this is not so good, especially in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be always well, screw us. We'll screw you then. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, the Mets are three and seven in their last ten, and I think they were recently in first place too, like not long ago. And now they're seven and a half games back. Yep. Yeah, and um, they're not even – they're probably like, uh, I would say, six games behind the Padres in the wild card if you want to even put that in there. So, yeah, it's not looking good for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, it's also not looking good in, for uh, this particular player. And it's and it's happening in baseball. It's happening in football. We're seeing a lot of this more recently. A former Major League Baseball outfielder, Juan Encarnacion, is in custody for sexually assaulting his daughter in the Dominican Republic. Oh. A two-time, the two-time World Series. Oh, this is funny. Oh, this is like oh, oh, gee, oh, this is. I, I thought this was about the recent. Okay, so uh, Edwin, I was thinking of Edwin Encarnacion, but Juan Encarnacion, the two-time World Series champion, is being held without bail in his homeland. The 45-year-old former baseball journeyman was accused of entering his daughter's room in May while she stayed. Oh man, we. I don't want to even finish this. So, oh. yeah, it's wow. bad. It's bad. Yeah, I don't want. Wow. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish this. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, so that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We just we just end it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we have next is I didn't even read that. I should have probably read more of that story. But um, yeah, yeah, it's not cool. It's it's cool. Uh, I, I think I think the fans will understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's let's we'll uh, take a quick break and we're gonna bring uh, talk about of course that NFL. We have the preseason still continuing. We probably have a week left. One more week before. Uh, the regular season begins, mm-hmm. and uh, so we'll be right back. All right, so uh, we finally had the what was it the final week of the preseason? Yep. All right, so it was the final week of the preseason, and uh, you know if you're a football fan, you really got to be excited right now. I'm hoping everybody's got their fantasy teams going out and going. Um, so uh, let's talk about some scores right now. The Colts defeating the Lions twenty-seven to seventeen. The Eagles and the Jets end up in a tie, of course. Uh, the Panthers defeat the Steelers 34-9. The Chiefs defeat the Vikings 28-25. Bills over the Packers 19-0. Ravens all over the Washington Red. Uh, oh, there you go. I was going to do it. Washington football team 37-3. The Bears over the Titans 27-24. The Bucks over the Texans 23-16. The Broncos over the Rams 17-12. The Seahawks over the Chargers 27-0. The Jaguars over the Cowboys, 34-14. Dolphins over the Bengals, 29-26. 49ers over the Raiders, 34-10. Patriots, 22 over uh, 20 over the Giants. And finally, Browns over the Falcons, 19-10. So what, what can you give me about some of these games? I don't know if you watch any of these games or watch highlights of some of these games. Um, I'll, I'll just give you like a summary of the preseason games. I, was, I, I didn't pay too much attention to this um, preseason week, but I'll give you some summaries of what I feel. Um, so um, I, I one thing that's standing out to me that that's catching my eye is um, concerns with um, the Bears, um, not the Bears, the um, Bengals um, um, rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase, who um, uh, they drafted with the fifth overall, been really struggling uh, to get adjusted to the NFL. He's dropped a whole lot of passes um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, during practice and in these preseason games. Um, now I, I believe he opted out of 2020 because of COVID, and then um, and so he's not only rusty for playing football, he's trying to get adjusted to the NFL. And so um, mm. I, I do think um, um, I, I do think he'll do good in the NFL if he if he does continue to adjust. Um, 
it, it's going to take a while. It's, it's, it's not the time to say, oh, we should have got offensive linemen. It, it's like, let's everybody relax. He's a rookie. Uh, he'll come around. He, he needs to experience. So that was, that was right. one thing that, um, that uh, caught me. Um, I, the other thing that, um, caught me is, um, uh, just some of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, I, I didn't think Trevor Lawrence played too hot this preseason, but I heard the last game he did really well based off the stats mm. that I see. So, um, so that was, uh, so kudos to him. Um, Justin Fields definitely looks good. Um, I think, um, once he gets adjusted, he'll be good in the NFL. Um, I should have paid attention to Zach Wilson for some reason. I don't know if it's the Jets or <laughs> I just didn't yeah. pay attention to him. No, no yeah, I think it's just the Jets. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I heard he's doing okay. Um, I, I, a lot of people are excited about Mac Jones. I think he's doing okay. I don't think yeah. he's doing anything spectacular. Um, oh, he's completing a lot of passes. I'm like, okay, that's, that's good. He's. Right now, he's a game manager right now. So that's all I've seen. Right. Um, okay. And um, and um, there was one more person I was going to bring up. Um, yeah, I forgot. Anyway, but yeah, um, that's my spiel. So um, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, I think it was Sam Darnold because uh, um, they are hyping up his game against um, the Steelers. Um, he, I, I don't think he looked sharp. He looked good, but he didn't look sharp. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not like – it's shaking my boots or anything. He he looked fine, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um. He he's got he has the wheels. Um. He's gonna take over the team this year. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh. Some quick things. Uh. We. Uh. I mean, I was gonna bring up the Rams, but uh. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh. We did. Uh. The Rams did get a pick up a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh. They traded for uh, Patriots uh, running back and former Super Bowl champ, uh. Sonny Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh. What do you think about that trade? I like the trade. Um, I, I know a lot of people um, thought that the Rams needed a running back. I don't think it was an emergency considering I, I have a feeling what McVeigh's going to do. I feel he wants to make it a passing team. So with, with that being said, I, I felt like the running game of the running backs that we did have was fine. But with Cam Akers out and Dale Henderson dealing with the thumb, which he should come back, um, I think this was a good move. Um, you don't lose too much. Getting Michelle, um, I can see, um, I can see Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle uh, be changing the pace a bit, a little bit, um, and um, it, it's a good chance to uh, get him a second chance. Like even if he doesn't pan out, um, he gets to show the rest of the NFL that he belongs in this league. So I, I like the move. We don't lose too much for, of it, and it's a solid name, and especially for the younger running backs who are on the roster to at least get used yeah. to the NFL. So I don't right. know what will happen after that, but they, they will at least get the opportunity once we're done with Michelle, whatever the scenario is. Right. Um, I also uh, want to bring up that the Eagles acquired a former Jacksonville uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe they have Jimmy Hurts mm-hmm. uh, and they have Joe Flacco. They have Nick Mullins. And uh, I mean, I could tell you for probably Jalen Hurts, he probably will be frustrated. I was like, man, this is supposed to be like my my team now, my team now. Yeah. But Carson Wentz out of the way. But I mean, uh, you know, you have Joe Flacco there and Nick Mullins now with Gardner Minshew. I mean, what do you think about that trade right there? Um, this is definitely going to add some depth into their position. I, if to me, it feels like the Eagles are too sure about Jalen Hurts, which sucks for him because he's he's just getting started in NFL and it's not, mm-hmm. it's too soon to say whether or not he'll be good or not. But, um, um, I do believe, um, Hertz will be the quarterback, but I think that this move was just a more of an assurance policy, just in case, or, or to like, um, uh, put that, uh, put more pressure on them to say, Hey, your job is a safe. We got these three quarterbacks that could take your job any moment. So, right. so, right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, um, um, I think this was just um, uh, for death purposes. So, I mean, if they if um, Hurst doesn't work out, there's other quarterbacks they could use, and Garner Mitchell being one of them. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that's going to turn out for the Eagles. But uh, we do want to talk about, um, you know, obviously what's going on right now in the in, in Louisiana and in New Orleans. You know, the tough situation they have over there with Hurricane Ida. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've seen some in- images this morning and uh, obviously we, we feel we can't help but feel bad and, you know, think about them right now, the people over there. And um, just around when they get in the football team, this football season back, and uh, we're here in uh, the space by Hurricane Ida, which blew through New Orleans over the weekend. The Saints will spend the next few days in Dallas. Uh, Coach Sean Payne told reporters Monday that the plan is to practice in Dallas at least until Wednesday and then reevaluate the situation. Um, so uh, obviously, you know, that situation over there right now that they're going on through over there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, we're hoping for the best for that city. Yeah, definitely. That's a bad situation. And I'm, th- what I'm hearing is um, the situation could be as bad. It, it, it could like end up being like um, a Hurricane Katrina close to the Hurricane Katrina date. So uh, let's hope it doesn't get that far. But um, my thoughts and prayers go out to um, the people in Louisiana. Right. Uh, but uh, Philip Rivers, of course, former quarterback, former uh, San Diego Charger great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, is, well, he, we already knew what he wanted to do when, you know, post uh, playing career. He wanted to be a high school coach. And sure enough, he has his uh, high school. He led his. High school team sent Michael Catholic High uh, to a 49-0 victory Ooh. in his debut as the head coach. So wow. uh, things are looking good so far for uh, Phil Rivers <laughs> now. They could coach in the NFL someday? Uh, I don't know. Right now he looks like he's going to win high school right now. <laughs> yeah. no, That's what I like about high school, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not that I... he's thinking that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, he he should know the pressure. He has all them kids himself. Anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how his career goes. Like, if he starts like winning, winning, that they're gonna teams are gonna hit him up. Like, college is gonna hit him up. And then Phil Court. But it's it. Was, I'm looking way ahead. It was only his first game. But um. Mm. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. if he does good, like those teams are gonna hit him up. Right. And just like uh, as some uh, preseason is ending, uh, some teams have already announced their starting quarterback. Some teams haven't. Oh, these are those teams that we're wondering about. Because, you know, most likely we already know for some teams, for the most part, you know, teams like, you know, the Bucks, we already know who their quarterback is going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already know who, who uh, Cardinals' quarterback is going to be. We already know who Seahawks and Rams' quarterbacks are going to be. Yeah. You know, but something we don't know yet right now is Patriots. Uh, is Patriots coach Bill Belichick on the center whether to start Cam Newton or Mac Jones. So he's still probably got to think about it, probably make his decision real soon because he has to. But, um, yeah, he, he's still unsure, which for Cam Newton, he's like, really? You, you, you don't know yet? Come on. Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he had to sit out a full week because they screwed up the whole yeah. COVID situation with him. <laughs> so yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, hey, I, don't, I, don't, I think they should, um, at least for the start of the season, go with Cam Newton. And then like work their way up mm-hmm. to Mac Jones. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's a, that's what they're gonna end up doing. They're gonna pick a Mac Jones. So yeah, yeah so. true. So. Um, Saints. Uh, we were just talking about them. Um, they've announced Jameis Winston as starting quarterback. How about that? You know, it's the different to Jameis Winston. I mean, to be a Drew Brees successor is it's you know it's for a lot. You're asking for a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, especially in that Saints team that you know the New Orleans fan base that. Needs a big good year, especially with what they're going through right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is his chance. This is Winston's chance to like make a comeback and say like, hey, you know, like, yeah, you know, um, it's like what happened in Tampa. Obviously, well, I mean, you got upgraded big time. No, no matter what you look, even if you were decent, you know, you go, you got upgraded by by yeah. the gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I want someone to cue in Skip Bayless. Um. Um, whining rant uh, for Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you said it yeah. was my turn. It was my <laughs> turn. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, um, Winston played really well. I I had actually I thought about his career. If you take away his interception, he really wasn't that, that bad of a quarterback. It just mm-hmm. like, he just always threw interceptions. Like he just yeah, which is shoot. a big thing that you can't be doing as a quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so he he looked locked in. He, I I haven't seen him look as motivated in his throughout his career as I do like during this preseason. So 
if he plays like this, um, the way he did in the preseason, the, the Saints may not have to look for another quarterback for a while. Right. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Um, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan not named starting quarterback yet. So he hasn't named it. We still don't know if it's Garoppolo or uh, what was the other kid? Um, uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I actually found out that um, Trey Lance banged his finger on a opponent's helmet. So oh. he, he's going to be out for, I think, at least a week. I think that's what okay. they said. So, well, I mean, so, out of all that, that's kind of good news. That it's just a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so so Jimmy G is going to continue to run the team down the drain. Um, <laughs> I was hoping they keep Jimmy G around, so you know we, yeah. we could like, oh yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to hear no Niners fans talk about, oh, we beat you four straight times. Or no, you, no, you you guys beat a team that Jerichoff gave you uh, those four games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have that problem no more. <laughs> <laughs> A and not to mention, they also, <laughs> they also got Nate Sudfeld, by the way, in the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who? Yeah, they got Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Jaguar. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I, I think that was about it. No. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jared Goff. Keep doing your thing in Detroit. <laughs> yep, yep. But not against us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jacksonville, of course, they already named their – Starting quarterback, uh, which we all expected after the the trade, or this was after the trade. Oh, this was announced before the trade. Uh, before the trade, I believe. Yeah. That Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, will be the starting quarterback for yeah. Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this was something for the fans to lift their spirits up because they they lost their running back this year, um, Travis and Amity. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Yeah, he mm-hmm. got that fractured foot, so they needed something to uplift their spirits. So. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to get the keys. Um, we'll see what happens to Jacksonville and to um, um, Lawrence. Um, he he didn't look too great this preseason. He, I heard he looked good in the last game, like I said, but um, um, mm. I we'll we'll see how this turns out. Hopefully, well, I don't know. We'll see. I don't I don't expect too much for Jacksonville this year, but this is one of those like growing stages. So yeah. again, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Broncos, uh, Denver. I mean, Denver has been struggling to find a quarterback since Peyton Manning. Since, yeah. Well, my goal or another goal. The yeah. newly Hall of Famer, by the way. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, oh. Anyways, um, <laughs> 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 uh, they chosen quarterback Eddie Bridgewater to star for them. So that's gonna. Uh, he was recently with uh with the Saints, right? Um, or no, wait. no, where was he? Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, you're right. You're right. Carolina, and uh, Broncos traded for him, yep. and uh, he he won that uh, starting uh, starting quarterback over Drew Locke. Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy how that was destined. I, I I felt like I felt like I was one of the few people that destined that that would happen for for um, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, when I saw um, the Panthers were practically done with him, I was like, boy, he could play for Denver, and that'd be a good fit for him. And the Broncos uh, picked him up before the draft, and he ended up winning the starting job. So, yep. so I, I I feel empowered. Like <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like my energy forced that to happen. I was yeah. It, it just pulled together perfectly. So I, I want to <laughs> good pat job, my, good job, Hodge. Thank you. I'm good job, Hodge. myself on the back right now. Like good job. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it turns into something. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough division with uh with the Chiefs there still. Yeah. And um, so it's going to be tough for them, and we'll see how the charges are. I mean, they also have a good young quarterback up there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, um, yeah, and uh, let's talk about some quick injuries. So you mentioned some injuries already. But this one's uh, Raves, Ravens running back Jake, J.K. Dobbins out for the season due to a torn ACL. Yeah, All bad. Yeah, yeah, that definitely ruined my fantasy strategy. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton to miss some time due to a neck injury. The veteran mm. uh, wide receiver from the Colts. Yeah. And uh, Colts quarterback Sam Ellinger, Ellinger to miss several weeks to a sprained ACL. So, uh, yeah, those are some big injuries right now in the yeah. NFL. I'm sure so there's some more coming up. Yeah. But um, it's all bad right now. Yep. Yeah, I think that Ravens one was a huge blow. Like, that was – um, um it, Dobbins was going to be in the second year, and he was going to – he pretty much was given the keys to be, like, 
the star running back with and with the system they got going with Lamar Jackson and that smash mouth football. But um, it won't get it's not gonna happen this year. But um, Gus says we're still good. But I I, I think I'm mad. I'm ups, I'm sad for any young person that has to go through that. But I'm also really mad at that. That really ruined my fantasy strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Hodge. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I'm for the people first, and then my yep, fantasy football. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but that being said, that'll be it in our NFL coverage right now, and uh, we're gonna be back with some quick NBA news. Of course, nothing much going on right now in the NBA in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be right back. The Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired forward Laurie Markkinen in a sign-in trade agreement from Chicago. Cavaliers GM Kobe Altman announced Saturday from the clinic, uh, Cleveland Clinic Courts. In a three-team deal, Cleveland traded forward Larry Nance Jr. to Portland in a protected 2023 second-round pick to Chicago. The Bulls also received forward Derek Jones Jr. from Portland in the Trailblazers Lottery protected 2022 first-round pick as part of the trade. So uh, we look at this, I mean, uh, for Cleveland, okay. It's like, all right, you got marketing, all right, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, you what I think what I've seen is uh, okay, Portland, they 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 got Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, you know, and whatever you want to see, you want to see about how he's doing. I mean, he's not a bad pickup. I mean, he's not great, you know, but he's not a bad pickup for Port for someone that you know wants you trying to get some help for uh litter over there. And um, so that's a pretty decent. I mean, that shows maybe litter again. Like, hey, at least we got Larry Nance Jr. I mean, come on, yeah, <laughs> we're trying, yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, Larry Nance, I feel like um, he was somewhat wasting his career in Cleveland. Um, I feel like he, um, not a superstar, but a really talented player. So I think that was a good move for him to go to to Cleveland. And for Lloyd Marketing, um, the, didn't work out for the Bulls the way they hoped. So they sent him to um, the Cavs. So um, maybe he could, if not be the star, be be the secondary star. And like, and at least mm-hmm. see what they what you could do with Cleveland. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I definitely like this move. I de- especially for Larry Nance Jr. He yeah, he's with the contender now and paired up with Lillard and McCollum. So I, I like the yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, but now we're at a time where uh, a lot of more companies and more you know in general people like places are requiring to be vaccinated. It's not even oh or show a negative you know COVID test. You have to be. Um, uh, vaccinated like the heat they require their employees but also the nba announces that the referees had to be uh, fully vaccinated so mm. uh that, that's a, that's another effort to i uh, mean battle this uh this um covet stuff yep. and uh, regardless of how you feel about it but uh, that's just the way it's going right now so in a way you just got to deal with it <laughs> yeah i mean if you don't want to if they don't want to be referees they could probably referee college I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, go, re- <laughs> go referee. And, no, I wouldn't go there. No, no yeah. <laughs> Not referee in the NBA. I'll just go with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Let's keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is tough news right here. A video shows police using stun gun on Pelican Center Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles police officer briefly pressed the knee to the neck of an NBA player, Jackson Hayes, as in Jonas Pelican uh, Center gasped. I can't breathe seconds before another officer... Oh, you hear these stories and you're reminiscing already. Yeah. The officer went to Hayes' home. He went to Hayes' homes in the home, the Woodland Hills neighborhood on July 28th around 3 a.m. after his girlfriend's cousin called 9-11. The cousin said Hayes' girlfriend was sending her a text message saying he had become loud and violent and she was scared. Hayes, who was not armed, became... Oh, that's a big part right there. Who was not armed, became argumentative after the officer said he couldn't go back into his home. He ignored requests from his girlfriend and his cousin to stop talking and struggling with the police as they tried to subdue him. A 21-year-old ultimately was put into jail on accusation of assisting, resisting arrest after he was evaluated at a hospital for minor injuries. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, uh, well, the one thing we say, okay, well, at least it was just, you know, it wasn't a real gun, you know, he didn't get shot at. Yeah. But the whole, you know, knee and the neck thing is, uh, those things are I mean, yeah, there's not any, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, uh, I don't, it definitely. It's like we didn't learn anything. It's like we didn't learn anything much, last year. Pretty much. Um, I'm, I'm just glad he's okay, but um, it's a flashback. We made no prog, hardly any progress, but um, 
Um, but hey, we Juneteenth is a, na- a national holiday, so hey, that's yeah. something. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, uh, we'll see how that story gets going. Yeah. Because we already know what happened. I mean, to the cop who did that to George Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. He got a nice smack in the wrist, though. I still consider that a nice smack in the wrist. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Nick signed Julius Randle to a contract extension. How about that? A former Laker, huh? Right yeah, there getting yeah. his. Uh, and he's a 2021 to 2021, 2020 to 2021 Kia NBA most improved player. It's a three year extension. So uh, that's good for him. Good for Julius Randle. He found yep. a place where he could be happy and play. Yep. Yeah. This was a great move for um, the Knicks to retain him. He is their star. And um, it's crazy seeing Julius Randle as far as him going for the Knicks from just a, another player that could possibly work to being like the superstar. So um, mm-hmm. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he gets to stay with the Knicks. But I'm glad that the Knicks um, have a star that they can identify with. But it's time for him to step it up now, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, they, sure. yeah, yeah they did a good job bringing the Knicks uh, back to um, where they used to be. But now – it's time to raise that bar even higher. So, so yeah. just look to get better every year. But um, for now, I'm, I'm happy for the next. I'm happy for Julius Randle. Right. Another guy that you should be happy for is uh, my, my, uh, Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Bonenholzer signs a three-year extension with the Bucks. He signs a three-year extension himself. Of course, uh, winning the NBA championship this year mm-hmm. with the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching Giannis to that championship, so or Giannis coaching him, who knows? But in a way, it worked. It worked out. It worked out. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, this was another great move. I'm like, you, you don't, you don't um, let go of the guy that gave you a championship, even if it falls apart next year. You know. Um, yeah, this, exactly. This was a good move for them. Um, I'm. Um, I know Mike is happy. I know the Bucks. They're still partying. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, speaking of party, they, they should keep on partying before it gets too cold. Cause I know, get, I know it gets shivering out there, but um, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, um, this is a great move by them and um, they're going to look to repeat next year. Right. Yep. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll be in, in basketball right now, but I do want to make a quick update. The Cardinals did defeat the Reds three to one. So this is good news for the Padres. They can move up the game if they defeat the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we still don't have anything from the Brewers and the Giants and the Dodgers and the Braves. We mm-hmm. do have uh, the, Red, the Red Sox still losing to the Rays, 4-1 to in the bottom of the six. So uh, with that being said, that'll do it for us this week in the Sports Next on episode 29. Uh, we do have next week. Uh, tune in next week. We have more fight night. We, like I mentioned in baseball, there's a big week for the National League West teams or mm-hmm. just in general, the National League. The National League. Yeah. Um, and uh, we get winding down this season, and of course, next week we're gonna talk, we're gonna do our first ever of oh, the season pickums NFL yep, pickums. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited so, about that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be good. We haven't had that in a while. I remember when we used to have it; it was great and it was it was fun. Um, yeah. I remember I, I I ended it really bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I'm 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 happy for a new chapter. Yeah. Uh, now I remember I got you in the first one. And then, like, I think it was either the second or third time you got me. I forgot which season yeah. it was. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad it's back. It's, it was a lot of fun. Yep. And this time we'll have Phil in the mixtures, too. Yeah. So, that's going to be fun. That's going to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week and we'll tune in next week.